Hey everybody, welcome back to my channel. Welcome to another live stream. Uh, tonight I've got a special guest, uh, another guest, another YouTuber out there doing his thing. Uh, of course, I'm talking about Matt Legrand. Uh, you know, great guy. I've learned to uh, kind of be a good friend of his. We've been talking a lot and, um, you know, we've got a lot in common. And uh, so I thought it would be fun to bring him on tonight. Uh, before we get into that, make sure you check his channel out down in the description down below. Um, and also check out the merch store if you're interested in a hat, sticker, shameless plug up front. Uh, I've got about 19 of these hats left, so there's not many left in stock. Uh, and once they go, I don't know if I'm a reorder, but we'll find out. Um, okay, yeah, I think that's all I've needed to talk about up front. Uh, let's bring Matt on with that all the way. Let's see if I can do this right this time. It's always too many button clicks. Hey, Matt, how's it going, man? Hey, how's it going? <laughs> Uh, everyone didn't catch the five minutes of us uh, troubleshooting microphones and headphones before this, uh, yep. but we made it. We're here and, and we're live. It's always a game. Yeah. It's always, and I was like rushing in here into my little office studio to like set up everything as fast as I can, like light switch, switch. <laughs> uh, and then microphone. Is this microphone going to work? I doubt it, but let's try anyway. So, Yeah, I mean, I, I uh, was running way behind. I had like dinner with my family, ran over here, set up a new light. Also, how's the light look, everybody? Does this look okay? Um, and good. And then I had all my MacBook needed an update. My everything needed an update. Yeah. My phone crashed. Like just everything went wrong. So I apologize that we're kind of late tonight. Uh, but I appreciate the people watching. Now we've got a bunch of people watching already. So that's exciting. Uh, so for people who don't know Matt's channel, Matt is a, a fellow YouTuber. His content of choice is mainly triathlon stuff. Um, and he also falls into the, the fitness tech, you know, we've got watches and sensors and all that fun stuff over there. So we end up sharing a lot of the same kind of content, um, which is fun, right? Uh, so which I, is good. Yeah. And I think, I think in this, in this live stream, I kind of want to talk about, um, you know, I don't want to like so much interview you, even though you're a fantastic human being, uh, I want to just like speculate on what we're in store for in 2021 in terms of like fitness tech, because I think, yeah. I think it's going to be an exciting year. What do you think? I think that there's going to be some really great products come out. And I think that there's going to be some companies that maybe don't do as well. Right. Like, so I think it's going to be a very interesting year for the marketplace. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, uh, I, like if Sunto did something big, that would yep, like really, yeah, yeah. Cause they've been like kind of a sleeper, you know, I don't want to, I, I hate to like, you know, be negative towards them because I want to encourage them to do something bold. Absolutely. And I think, like, yeah, I mean, go ahead. I was just thinking like, you know, any of the underdogs, like we pull for, I mean, obviously you try not to be biased towards any, you know, certain product or anything like that, but you do want the companies that are new or emerging to kind of like, come on, man, you can do it. You kind of have that feel for them. You know, soon till I worry about. Yeah. Yeah. Same here. Because like, uh, I don't know if you noticed, but like they just discontinued moves count. Their, their old platform. Yep, I, I got the email like a couple of weeks ago, like, oh, it's dead now. Now you're only allowed to use the Sunto app and, and that's it. And so many people, I after that happened, I got like an influx of comments on my Sunto content uh, being like, man, oh, yeah, the, the moves count. It's just such a weird move for them to like give up this kind of a polished platform and then yep. shift into just an app, kind of a basic app. I mean, I do like the little... 
uh, course builder on it, but that's about it. It's just I was a weird just move. wondering if this was like the signal of like the beginning of the end kind of stuff. Like, are they kind of done or are they moving towards a different product style kind of? You know, I'm thinking like, um, you know, Android wearable type stuff is like, I'm just not sure what their plan of attack is. I can't tell. Yeah. 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 I, I don't but know. But I know either. nothing, you know, because I, I really haven't reviewed a lot of Suunto stuff on my on my uh, channel at all. So, yeah, they get, they sent me the um the seven and the nine and I made a video about the seven yeah. and I still haven't made a video about the nine because it feels like just even though it's not that old, it just feels old yeah. <laughs> in 2021 compared to all these crazy things that have come out recently. Um, it's a cool watch, but it's freaking massive. First of all, it's like a, it's a tank. Um, and it's just kind of right. like the specs aren't like mind blowing. What do you, what yeah. do you expect to see or what do you hope to see from a triathlon standpoint? Like what's some feature that you don't think exists yet for that crowd? Um, well, you know, honestly, there's, um, you know, Wahoo did this watch, the Wahoo Rival, and it was interesting to have this like touchless transition feature where you could basically do, you know, perform a triathlon race, hit the start at the beginning of the race and hit stop at the end, and it would figure out everything else. Mm. And that to me was like, hey, we're, we're innovating in the sport of triathlon. Like that's very rare because I just don't think a lot of companies care about triathlon, which is very reasonable, right? Like you really do want to target your largest markets to kind of be a profitable company and triathlon might not be that particular situation. And I feel like ultra running might be in the same boat, right? Where you're oh, just yeah. like, we know we're small potatoes when you're comparing us to runners as a whole. But, you know, when, when someone kind of like panders to your, you know, your little core group, like you kind of have to appreciate it as far as like what could come next. Um, you know, the obvious stuff is like, well, you know, your your standard watch with the same same features, but you've got cellular connectivity, right? Like that's going to, yeah. I almost feel like that's a given at this point. Um, it's hard to speculate on like the big stuff, like what else could be coming down the wire. Um, different display technologies for sure. Uh, I just don't know if, you know, for triathlon, for ultra running, really in a lot of ways they're similar you need big battery life mm. and i think when you start to look at certain display technologies like oled and stuff you just don't have the battery opportunity to kind of go for that ironman distance so you know um i don't know is a real answer the real answer is i don't know what they're going to come up with to kind of you know open up the marketplace i'm excited i wasn't expecting a touchless transition from wahoo i thought yeah. that was very unique yeah and you, you bring up a good point with that like um a company niching down like that is really, yep. I think it's a smart move because that's kind of Wahoo's only saving grace with the, <laughs> with that watch. I mean, it's a cool watch, but we got to be honest right. here. It's not, it, it's not as full featured as other watches in that price range, you know, for $350. Right. If you stack it up to a Coros Pace 2 or something like that, um, there's a lot on the right, Pace 2. significantly less in, you know, price-wise. Yeah. The Pace 2 is significantly less, and you've got some a very full-featured watch. Yeah. So. And I think that's what Coros did right. Like, from the beginning, they niched down to the Ultra Runner, basically. I mean, it does other yeah, stuff, did. but they gave their watches to, like, CH Canaday and Hayden Hawks, and yep. they got all these athletes in the door up front. And then you see, Pol like, companies like Polar, I think they just endorsed a... Um, 
uh, a NASCAR driver or NASCAR. something. NASCAR, <laughs> yeah, or, it, or Formula One or someone. I don't, I don't. It might not have been NASCAR, but it was some sort of driver. Yeah, and I'm thinking like, okay, I'm not sure that appeals to me. Who are you? Who are we going after here? Yeah, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm sure those guys are in great shape, and it takes a ton of work to get there. But it's not like glam. It's not totally obvious from like, uh, you know, a couch to five k person's perspective. Like, I'm not gonna. Yeah see that guy and be like, I really want that watch because he drives a car. Now that he has that watch, I need it. Yeah. No, what's interesting is they announced that with the Polar Vantage V2, which is clearly a triathlon watch, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, and I felt like that guy, when he was training for his driving stuff, would like do triathlon type stuff. And I was like, hmm, okay, they could have just snagged a triathlete to do they, a lot of this stuff and they save, did endorse, endorse money. But I think they did endorse that woman. Were, I forget her name. Uh, Clay Claybar is that her last name? Uh, triathlete, foreign woman. It was that guy um, with the NASCAR, and then it was her. They were like the two spokespeople for the for the Vantage V two, I think. Uh, I don't know. I'm not sure which triathlete it was that they yeah. that they picked up, but I think that they have a couple of athletes for sure on the triathlete side. I'm, I'm I feel like they have one of my friends, um, Eric Lagerstrom. Uh, he also has a YouTube channel. I think he's a polar sponsored athlete, or at least he was, I, I think he still wears their stuff. So they do have a couple of triathletes for sure. By the way, I just, just now noticed the hat you're wearing. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't sure if I could wear it, but then I was like, you know what? I've got the old hat and the new hat yeah. for Chase the Summit. And it's like, I feel like the old hat really like just means like you're old school. You're an old school fan. Like, Yes. <laughs> You definitely want to show your your age and your you know how long you've been with the channel, and then you break out the new hat, and people are like, "Yeah, that you know, I, I think do I, like the new hat." I, I think like I the bought new hat a touch better. So, I think I bought twenty five of those. So you're one of twenty five. Yeah, one of twenty five. Man, I need to have this like signed. The next time I see you, I'm gonna have you sign it. Also, let's uh, let's say hi to some of the people in the chat uh, tonight. We've got uh, Steve Fissett. Uh, have a good night. Thanks for joining. We've got. Uh, Chris, Christian Herrera, uh, what's up, ladies and gentlemen of the internet? Stealing your line. <laughs> and I I got a giant Perfect. graphic on the screen because I'm streaming in the wrong size. That's a nice move, Dave. Why is it so big? How do I shrink that? Oh, man. Well, you figure that out. I'm opening up a drink. Yeah, what are you drinking tonight? I've got to decide. I've got an, one of the athletic beers that we I talked about. Oh, which, yeah. I, sh I should have got some of those. So we could have talked about it together. Darn. We can, we could have, but I'm not the hugest fan of these. Um, and it's not because it's non-alcoholic. I would love to have a non-alcoholic beer that tastes fantastic, but um, I think they're okay. Uh, but my favorite beer is this one, which is a, a Breakside Wonderlust. And Breakside is a Portland beer, uh, which is right where I live. I live just north of Portland in the suburbs of Portland. But um, yeah, Wonderlust is an amazing beer. So I'm going to crack this one. Did you figure out? You already figured out the sizing. I didn't yeah, even I have time so. to open the beer. What, <laughs> what are you drinking? Uh, my my old standby, the Sierra Nevada Torpedo Extra Sierra IPA. Sierra Nevada. Yeah. So hey, you're in. Uh, you're real close to um, Mount Rainier and all that stuff, right? How, yes. How far off are you from that? I'm actually closer to uh, Mount Hood because I'm right by the river. So I'm probably like. Maybe I would say two hours to Mount St. Helens and an hour and a half to Mount Hood, something like that. 
That but yeah, I mean, we can awesome. go ski up on Mount Hood uh, if we want to, and then we can go see the coast if we want to as well. Kind of, you know, our either direction. The um, at the very beginning of Chase the Summit when it was a blog, my big goal yeah. was to climb Mount Rainier. That was like my my a goal at the time was to uh, do a two day trip out up Mount Rainier. Never never did it, <laughs> but you know, Not too late. That's, that got me going. Um, who else we got in here? Okay, we've got uh, Fit Gear Hunter. Did you see the Ginger, Ginger Runners 10-year anniversary video? Oh, man, that was so good. Did you see that? Yeah, I did. I don't know if I watched all of it, but I'm just a, such a huge fan of his uh, that, you know, you see someone like that that's been doing kind of what we're doing. I mean, I know it's different because he does things, you know, his own way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, he's been doing it for 10 years. And I just think that that is so cool. And granted, time flies. Like, I'm going to be coming up on three years i think on youtube and i know you've only been on youtube a lot less than that but i think i'm coming up on three years and another couple months or something like that but you can start to see how like time just flies and all of a sudden you're at 10 years but man a decade that's so cool man his that intro to that video with like the clips of him like at the very beginning and all the way through time it was uh, oh man it was like uh, it almost brought a tear to my eye, you know, it was like really uh, what did, so did cool. That, did you think that his first video, like he still has his personality and he's still very good on camera. And I'm just thinking to myself, like, you look at my first video and in my, my video from like yesterday. And I'm just like, man, this stuff, <laughs> stuff 10 years ago is better than my stuff now. Oh man. So. My, I went back and watched my first video, which was, um, it was, I had a couple, it was first one ever was about, getting ready for my first hundred mile ultra and yeah, the pacing and like the editing is so cringy. I was like hovering over the delete button, <laughs> but I didn't do uh, it. I left it up there. Uh, but it's, I think you leave it up there just for that kind of like nostalgic, you know, you reference point to where you've, you know, how far you've come. Yeah. The person that I like to look at for that is, um, MKBHD. Oh, so good. Yeah. Mar- Marquez. He's been posting, so I don't know how long he's been on YouTube, but I think it's, you know, it's more than a decade, right? It's whatever. It's probably like 15 years or something like that. So he was literally a child when he started <laughs> and he's left everything up there. So it's like, you know, Windows 2000 and he's talking about it and he's this little kid and he's talking about the update for the, you know, the new Windows operating system. And you're just like, wow, how cool is this that this guy became who he is i really respect his channel a lot and i just i think he does a really good job the so. difference between uh someone like him and me is like you watch his 10 year old video he's 10 years old talking about like his yep. first laptop or something and he's doing right. a better job on camera than i do now but he's 10 <laughs> yeah. i'm like how how it, did that it's like a natural thing like it just that was his purpose in life was to be that guy and now he's you know at the top which is amazing yeah, and I just watch I watch a couple of his things. I don't watch all of his things, but like every single time he doesn't do what I do, which is and and um and all this <laughs> stuff. And I'm like, how is he so clear all the time? You're killing me. Yeah. Yeah. You'd hate if you saw my editing process, my my timeline's like just totally hacked up because there's so many I I know what um looks like in waveform now. So I just go in and take those out. I just leave a lot of my stuff in there. Just if I can say anything coherent at all, I'm like, leave it in, leave it in. <laughs> I think, I don't know, your, yours sounds very uh, concise, like almost as if you script. Do you script 
all of your videos? I actually do. I actually do. I um, it depends on the it depends on the video. So uh, the last one I did, I was talking about a workout. I did. I just sh right, shoot right from the hip, right? Yeah. And that's I think more fun, and it comes off more natural. And then when I do, you know, when I'm talking about a review for a watch or something like that, I have to have a fair amount of notes of you know details and things like that because. I promise you, I don't remember the weight and the specs of, you know, any sort of watch or anything like that. It's just like, I mean, I do know a lot of it because we've been doing this a long time and it's like, it's a 1.2 inch screen with 240 by 240 pixel display. Like you just know that that's going to be the display. They're all the same. Yeah. But a lot of times where you're like, okay, what was the battery life again? Like how many hours GPS? Like if I say this from memory, I'll get it wrong. And then I'll hear about it in the comments for the rest of my life. Oh yeah. Whereas if I double check <laughs> those stats, you know it's going to be better. I made, I made a mistake in my Apple watch video. Um, I said something along the lines of, uh, you can't edit the data fields on the built-in app or yep. fitness app, which is incorrect. I was wrong. And it, it, I got maybe 120 comments <laughs> telling me I was wrong. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so that was fun. It's, yeah. Comments <laughs> are hard. Comments are tough. They are. I, I, um, I feel like I have pretty thick skin and uh, but I also really don't like to make mistakes and have to live with them for a long time. So they're just, that's the problem with YouTube. It's just like, they're right there <laughs> and you either delete the video or you just leave it in. Yeah. So well, well, there is a little hack that you can actually go in and cut things out after the fact, but I didn't tell you that. No, you can't. Oh yeah, you can. You know, you can't. <laughs> Uh, who else do we have here? We got uh, JPD from Va Vancouver, BC. Uh, love the podcast, Dave. Getting back into trail running, running and listening to you when I'm on the trail. That's awesome. Any oh, tips uh, from you two on getting back into running? My only advice is just to get your shoes on and get out the freaking door because that's the hardest part. Um, I say that over and over. I say it to my wife. I, you know, any of my friends who are like, oh man, my mileage is decreasing. I think the hardest part, even if like you're a gym goer or you ride a bike, just getting the gear on, like getting ready to go and then opening the door and shutting it behind you. After that happens, it's so much easier. Yeah. <laughs> How do you yeah, feel about that? I would that, say Matt? start slow and, you know, I would say don't stress about the volume of running that you're doing and focus on more like frequency. Like, so, you know, if you can, like you said, get out the door, if you can do that, whatever it is, like if, if if three times a week is easy for you, then, you know, five or whatever it is, but just getting out the door, you don't have to do a 20 miler each day or whatever it is. And if you were doing that in the past, awesome, but like scale it back and focus on frequency and you'll kind of build those little intrinsic muscles that are good at kind of repetitive patterns. It's just so nice to just do that. Like, Oh, I'm only going to do, I'm only going to do a mile or two. Yeah. And it's like that, that works. I know you were doing, um, running every day for a little while, right? Still doing it. Yeah. Still have the streak going. You're on it. Okay. Yeah. I yeah. didn't know. I didn't want to say like, you know, that you're still doing well. And you were like, I've done this. Uh, the, the other but, thing, no, awesome. the other thing I want to mention for JPD here is, um, try not to one big thing I see happening a lot, especially now in the pandemic with Strava, social media, don't compare yourself to other people because Strava is a terrible place for that. Strava has a lot of good qualities yeah. to it where you can track your fitness and people can give you thumbs ups and you know, everything's good there. But if you go on someone's profile and they're dropping 200 miles a week, you can't feel bad about that. That's, I think right. that happens a lot now, um, especially in isolation. So just watch out for that. Yeah. That's true. Just be proud of what you're doing. Just focus on time on feet. Don't focus on 
um, you know, dropping huge mileage. Uh, we got Oscar Farias. Uh, what's up, bro? Hope you're doing good. I hope you're doing good too, Oscar. We got what's Ryan. up, Oscar? <laughs> we got Ryan Clayton in the house. He says the Sunto Ten better be fire. I totally agree. It better be like it better just rock the whole industry and bring them back. <laughs> that would be amazing. Fingers crossed. Yeah, might happen. Never know. Um, we got Fikir Hunter for both of you. Uh, product predictions, specifically uh, the big four: Garmin, Coros, Puller, and Sunto. How about uh, we? Yeah, why don't you tackle this, Matt? What do you think is going to be? <laughs> I mean, it's it's kind of hard to say, but what okay. do you think is going to be like the big thing coming from the big four? Um, I think Garmin. The big thing is going to be the nine fifty five. I think that's going to drop. I actually have no insider information. If I had insider information, I I would not talk about it. <laughs> like that's exactly how you know I don't. You know, the reason you know I don't have insider information is because I'll talk about it. Uh, I think the nine fifty five will come out soon you know, in the next couple of months. And I think that's going to be um, kind of a, I, I think it's going to be a solid device. I think it's going to be one of the best devices on the market, if not the best device on the market. Uh, I think that we'll be very excited to review it. I think it's one of those watches that we'll use very regularly. Um, I think Koros will update some of their, you know, higher end watches just because, man, that pace too is so, yeah. so compelling. It's yeah. like, I feel like they need to have, they're, they need to distinguish their higher end devices a little bit. They really, so, they, um, they cannibalized. Um, I feel like they yep. cannibalized the Apex a little bit. The only thing the right. Apex had going yeah. for it is just it's nicer. Like when you hold it, feels better. But Pace Two is so nice for two hundred bucks. It's hard to beat. Right. So I think I think Coros. I will. I would expect an update from Coros. I actually think Polar will see some smaller updates that we're not going to be super excited about so i don't think they're gonna update like their vantage i don't know if they'll update that polar grid x that would be interesting if they did i don't think they will i think it's gonna be i think we're gonna be i think we're gonna be quiet we're here not hear much from polar but i could be wrong i think um, uh, they also do heart rate monitors the, the polar so the they, polar you know, grid see something that way the polar grid x if if they did update it if they do the typical polar move if you're listening polar because sometimes they do and i get an email <laughs> um <laughs> if if they updated the grit x to like the grit x2 and then didn't roll back features in the firmware in typical polar fashion yeah. that would really rub a lot of people the wrong way because it's already starting to get to people where like the vantage v2 has basic minor things like menu yep. tweaks that they could definitely put in the grit x and they just won't because they want to differentiate their products but yep. it's, it's like the polar opposite of what Koros is doing because Koros is like, let's put it all out there. If the device is capable yeah. enough and has the hardware, put it in. And and Polar's over here like, nope, uh, you gotta pay more for this one because you want to customize your menu. It drives me nuts. Sorry. I will interject. say that I will say that Polar does kind of does have that route in a lot of their activities that they do. Like they don't you can do open water swimming on like any watch, even if it's just not gonna work. Like you can select the open water activity and go swim open water with your Polar Unite watch with your phone back at the, you know, back at the dock is not going to work. Right. <laughs> yeah. So I, I mean, it's, I think it's awesome. I applaud Polar in some ways, but in my video, and I don't remember which one it was, but there's a Polar Grit X video. Maybe it was Polar Grit after. I think I said something like you guys need to update this. And I was specifically talking to Polar, like, 
you should bring some of those software updates into the grid X. It's just, it was at the time it was like, this has only been out for six weeks or something. You can't yeah. just leave it behind on software updates. And you know, a lot of the internal stuff is, is very much the same. I mean, people will still be able to distinguish between those watches. The Vantage V is a lot lighter weight. The Grid X is a little bit beefier. It feels more like a outdoorsy kind of watch versus the Vantage V kind of feels, you know, like that lightweight, um, I don't know, runner triathlon watch. But yeah. yeah. Uh, so I don't expect a ton of updates from Polar. Sunto, we've talked about already. Uh, I, I have my doubts. I don't know, but I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't know how to feel about them. I'm really hopeful because it would, I would, you know, they were such a staple for a long time. You went to a race and it was either a Garmin or a Sunto on people's wrists. And now mm -hmm. we're at a point where it's mainly, I mean, for us, for me, ultra marathons is like, you see Koros, Garmin, yep. sometimes Polar and very rarely Sunto at this point, which is kind of yeah. weird. Um, but yeah, In triathlon, was... you see, a, you see a lot of Garmin for sure. Mm. Um, because if you think about it, they have a bit more history with triathlon. I mean, if you think back, they've, you know, uh, you'll see people wearing those, those big GPS watches and things like that at triathlon. So, so you just have more time. And, um, I do feel like ultra marathoning is a bit of a newer sport. And so you don't have people wearing super old technology as much and, you know, you see super old bikes at triathlon and stuff like that, which I think it's good. It means these people have made their purchases and they're not just jumping on the next shiny object that they see. And, yeah. you know, you and I are a bit of a problem because we talk about the shiny new things all the time. And, <laughs> you know, it's kind of like, do you put out that vibe of like, you need to buy something every couple months? Because I don't think we want to put out that vibe. We want to yeah. tell people like, hey, get as much value as you can out of these devices uh, we're going to talk about what's new and what's great and what's fun, but don't feel like you need to get every single thing that's out there. Yeah, that's that is something I I struggle with a little bit because um, I get that question all the time. What's the best yep. watch? You know, what's should I get a two forty five or a nine forty five? Should I get this or that? And there's yep. never there's never any context around what they're trying to yeah. achieve. Like, are you running? Are you cycling? Are you a triathlete? Are you ultra running? Are you yeah. just somebody who wants to get into better shape? And I always, I struggle with that all the time um, because, you know, I'm a frugal person to some extent, but yeah. here I am like kind of peddling everyone's brand new shiny object, but that's our job, man. Yeah. That's what we got to do on the on these hey. YouTube channels. You no, know, I mean, usually in the comment sections, people will be like, I have this, you know, um, Garmin 735 and it's on its last leg. And what should I get next? And I'm like, make it last. You're getting such good value out of that watch. Yeah. I'll literally will say that every time. Uh, and then I'm like, then if you make it last a little bit longer, all of a sudden, you know, some new watch that isn't out on the market yet will be out on the market. So yeah. Yeah. That's another, another common comment I see is, uh, when will the Phoenix seven come? Maybe, I don't know. Yeah. I see that probably 10 or 20 times a day <laughs> at this point. It's crazy. Well, I do think I, you know, what's interesting is I think that one kind of change in the marketplace is that we are going to see more frequent releases yeah. and they're probably not going to be as massive of an update because I think that we're going to start to see, um, I don't know if it's going to be yearly or, you know, a year and a half, but that's very much, you know, significantly faster than it used to be, right? Like where you would get something every two or three years. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> I think we can so blame. So Garmin 955 would be an example of that, right? So, mm. um, 
if that one comes out in the near future or uh, I think, and I actually think all of this is pressure from Apple, right? So Apple, you know, like clockwork is going to be a yearly release. Mm. I think Garmin right now is probably aiming for like a year and a half. So that's a huge jump from them. So I think the Phoenix six or Phoenix seven, I'm sorry, you know, is going to be something that will come out sooner than we, not sooner than we think. I mean, I think you and I have a guess at when we think it would come out, but um, you know, maybe summer or fall or something like that, you know, yep. but I don't think it's going to be two years from now. I, I would guess like August, like October, you yeah. know, that time frame at some point, but who knows again, we yeah. have no insider yeah, we knowledge. Know. We're just <laughs> speculating here. Yeah. Um, like I said before, if we knew, we would not talk about it. So. <laughs> very true. Uh, we got Daniel Saunders who says, uh, the Sunto X. Ooh, that's a great name. They should go with that. Ooh, I like that. The Sunto X. Uh, Sunto is all other Nordic... Sunto is all, like all other Nordic technology, dense, Nokia, Ericsson, all crap. <laughs> Thanks for sharing, Rich. Come on, <laughs> Uh, that's his opinion, not ours, by the way. <laughs> In uh, personally, I think Sunto would do something because they released uh, relatively large watch updates in October. Yeah, that's true. They re they released um, uh, some new course navigation features in October. That was kind of a pretty big update to the Sunto Seven. That was good to see. Honestly, if they took the Seven and put like really good battery life into it, I would probably have a lot easier time swallowing the price of it. Although it got a lot cheaper these days. Um, Ryan Tira, mate. Uh, I just wanted to see a solid state a solid state battery come to the GPS watch market. That's an interesting... Yeah, that would be cool. Uh, here in Bed, Oregon, we call athletic beer just beer. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, so this is this athletic brewing company, and they're actually somewhere in New England, I think. Really? Um yeah, uh, Connecticut? No, I'm not sure. Um, but uh, yeah, it's non-alcoholic, basically. And, you know, they have a couple of different options. And what I've seen is that they also do small releases. Is it non-alcoholic um, or is it non-alcoholic? Like, is there a point? It's non-alcoholic. It, you know, officially says non-alcoholic on there. Uh, but yeah, they usually, when, they, when it is non-alcoholic, it's usually like 0 0.05 or something like that. Yeah. And then only 70 calories. So if you drink this, you actually get faster. <laughs> it's speed beer. That's what it is. But yet, <laughs> here I am drinking the Wonderlust. <laughs> uh, Marty Logan says, hey, guys, what, what, are your what are both of your current fitness watches of choice that you're wearing? What do you got on right now, Matt? Um, okay, so I, I get this question a lot. And um, the answer is like typically, you know, I, I have like a wall of watches, which I am just, you know, starting at staring at kind of off to the side, but whatever's charged up, you know, I'll grab, um, right now, this is the Garmin 745. I have a video coming. I'm yeah. Garmin 745. I have a video coming out soon where it's like, I've had this watch for a hundred days. It, when I post the video, it's going to end up being like 120 days or something like that. <laughs> it takes me a long time to post videos. Uh, but I'm wearing it a little bit more frequently because I want to like refresh my minds of like when I grab this watch over a different watch. Um, so, you know, A, like what watch is charged up? I grab that one. Uh, B, like I'm kind of leaning towards this one a little bit more because I do really like this watch. But also um, I've got that video coming up. I want to make sure that I know what I'm talking about when I talk about this watch. Yeah. Um, I do think that the 
Garmin watches tend to be my favorite for swimming. And I know I feel like no one cares about swimming uh, <laughs> except for me. And I actually really care about swimming. And um, one of my problems with all of these devices is like you get in the pool and you're like, oh, these things, you know, there's there, no one. None of the developers really care about swimming. It'll tell you the distance sort of, but they're not really giving you like, you know, um, drill mode and you do all these different sets and things like that when you're doing swimming and you really want to track all that data and it's like you're just going to end up with the wrong distance and so it's super frustrating when you're swimming and you don't have what you need to have uh, garmin does it right um and so the 950 the 945 or the or the 745 like no matter what i grab those are going to work in the water pretty well when i swim and i love swimming um i love running the most uh but i am you know injured all the time so swimming, <laughs> swimming's great for me. yeah <clears throat> that's uh, what are you wearing yeah no so i agree with the, the funny the 745 became like my i just was grabbing it all the time i don't know why it's just the form factor is so small and even though right. the battery life isn't so amazing there's still something yeah. to it you know it's got thin bezels it looks modern it's comfortable it's very light so i was wearing that regularly for a while but i recently switched over to the um phoenix 6s sapphire so okay because I like having yeah. maps. I like having the maps on the wrist. And it's basically the yeah. same form factor of a 745, but just with all mm -hmm. the Phoenix stuff in it. So, and I mean, Sapphire. And Sapphire, yeah. So I've been banging this awful, you know, stuff. I'm pretty sure. reckless with my watches, and they always end up scratches all over them. Um, but yeah, I also have a watch wall here <laughs> in my studio. Yeah. But the funny thing is, there's no, there's nothing in these boxes. Check this out. This is my professional, let me hide my shipping labels here. Here's my professional, um, this is how I, I transport my watches. <laughs> yeah, that's right, because you go back and forth from your house to the studio, yeah, right? Yeah, so it just got like, like- Bring the watch box. <laughs> so I just have this cardboard box full of watches that I towed around in my backpack. <laughs> it's very- Yeah, uh, I just have a wall of Chase the Summit hats <laughs> and watches. That's, that's how it should be. <laughs> As, as it should be. Yeah. Um, the, but the 745, like, there's, there, you're right. There's something about it. Like, uh, and I'll talk about this in my video when I post it, but like, the, the GPS accuracy is fantastic. Like, very good. We've talked yeah. about that. It's like, I, I use it as my comparison to all other watches for GPS yeah. accuracy. And I think whenever Garmin does the 955, it'll catch up, I assume. Yeah. Um, but man, I don't know why this watch is just very accurate. And it has all the features that you need. And when you have a lot of watches, battery life isn't as big a deal because if the battery dies, you just go grab whatever the next watch is. But, you know, it is hard to recommend this watch when for a very similar price, you can get the watch with better battery life, you know, the 945 yeah. and it has maps, you know, and it has. So it, it and I think, yeah, you and I kind of see eye to eye, I think, on those two watches. It's like, don't price them the same if the. 955 is so much better. It's funny though. I think though, they kind of corrected that stuff. It's funny um, though. A lot, pricing, of, but a lot of people still choose the 745 like purely yeah, they do. because of the bezel. They hate the people hate the bezel. They're, like the one thing I see in the comments all the time is that bezel. I can't. I can't stand looking at it. So they, they, they pay more for well, less features. <laughs> I know. It's really I, but weird. I really think, I think they're paying for the smaller size. Yeah, and it's a little bit lighter. But I mean, it, yeah, it's it's a weird. It's a weird kind of dichotomy of prices there 
especially when the 955 was or sorry the 945 was less than the 745 there was like a brief moment i don't know if you noticed that on amazon there was like a brief moment when you know that actually dipped under the 745 really i, I didn't catch like, what's going on here <laughs> so it was right around um black friday or something like that like it was only a couple dollars under but th- it was under i think i saw it drop into like the high 400s at some point like 475 yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. That's such a good price for that watch. Insane. Um, Steve Fissett, thanks from Montreal, Canada. Thanks for joining. Ultra Dad, thanks for stopping by, man. A little late here. Matt, what's the latest with the Ironman races this year? Is Kona going to happen? So, um, so Kona is uh, almost always in October. Uh, however, what they did was they actually scheduled it for February this year, which then it didn't, and they canceled it. Right. Um, I could see something like that happening again, where they originally have it scheduled for October and then they bump it to February. Uh, again, a lot of the problem is that they don't have the opportunity to have qualifying races, uh, just because, you know, I think we will get into the summer and we will probably not have a ton of race opportunities early in the summer. And then maybe late in the summer, we will. It's very hard to say. I think, um, you know, the, to maybe it's okay if I say this on, on Dave's channel, but I wouldn't say <laughs> Iron Man is, is a very, is a tricky brand where they're going to cancel races last minute. Um, they're, you know, in a lot of ways, not super friendly to their, you know, their Patreons, the people that are, you know, purchasing this race, they know that they've got your money. They know that you're going to choose Iron Man because what else are you going to do? Um, and so I think that they take some liberties like canceling races late. Uh, and so I don't think we're going to know what's going to happen to Kona until the very last minute this coming year. Again, I think as we get into the summer and more people get vaccines, maybe, Mm. um, I could definitely see them doing the same thing, moving it to February again to just buy them some time. I wonder if, um, you know, some of these races just start doing like, elites only and like doing what they did for that Hoka um, carbon X two challenge where all the athletes were tested before when they entered the door, they all, it was like a little bubble where no one had to wear a mask because they were tested five times before they walked in the door. And then they all lived together basically Um, even like the announcers and the crew and everybody was just overly cautious and test cautious and tested like left and right. Um, I could see that becoming a thing because you know, bigger, higher profile events like Kona are spectator spectator sports to some extent. And maybe that'll be the path forward. And then like normies like us have to uh, do it virtually or something. (laughs) Who knows? Yeah. It's interesting because you start to think about like, you know, Kona is, is the triathlon's big thing, but like the, the real big races are like the New York marathon, the Boston marathon, like these races where you have, 50,000 people come from all over the world and they descend into basically some small town outside of Boston and they corral all these people tightly together and they're going to send them off in these massive waves. Uh, And you think about that and you're like, yeah, we used to do that. And now (laughs) like when you see people hug on TV, you're like, whoa, they're not even, you know, you just, I don't know. I think it's going to be a while. Um, Boston is actually, they announced that they're going to um, have a race. They announced they're going to have a race in October. And my wife is qualified, so we're hoping to go. 
Um, and so I'm not sure what's going to happen. Like, are they going to say like, Hey, if you've, if you've had a vaccine, you can race or, uh, are there going to be that like haves and have nots kind of situation with the vaccine? I don't know how things are going to go. Yeah. That's going to be Maybe a weird one. Testing. That's going to be a really yeah. weird one because, um, you've got, you know, the elites, uh, and yes. and they come from all over the world, you know. <laughs> right. And and to, well, I think with Boston, you'll get people from all over the world in the non-elites. It's true. So true. Yeah. That's that's the problem I think with that race is is people are going to fly in from everywhere, and it just doesn't make sense logistically, even from like airports and hotels, and I mean all the pieces of the logistics don't make sense in a COVID world. Mm. But maybe it's one of those things where it's like. Hey, if you're tested, you know, come on. I don't know. Yeah, but even still, like the time from the time you get tested to the time you actually show up at the to tour the line, I don't know. A lot could happen in there. <laughs> uh, so, and I think ultras ultras make so much more sense, right? Where it's like, hey, we can do things safely. You know, granted, we're not going to have the tub of peanut butter that everyone dips their same <laughs> same hands into. Like, we're going to make that one change. And then after that, we're just going to send people off in waves and we'll be fine. You know, it's like, I feel like ultras can do it. Whereas major marathons have a hard time and maybe like major triathlons. Ironman has um, kind of has a plan of, of basically like sending people off in waves and really spreading out transition areas. Ironman does have a plan. I think, I mean, obviously less people do Ironman than something like a, a Boston marathon, um, but they are still big events. And so, yeah. Uh, Ultras, yes. Ironman, depending on the location, like everything goes in Florida. So sure. But um, <laughs> probably not, you know, other locations, you know, California, for example, who knows? Yeah. I mean, even ultras, though, some of the bigger ones, Western states comes to mind. Yeah. Um, and even uh, Vermont 100 up here in the Northeast, there's a lot of people there. And yeah, I was watching Ryan Clayton's um, one of his like, you know how you start watching a video of someone's and then you just get looped into like all of their content. <laughs> yeah. I just like went down a rabbit hole on his channel and it was like I was watching like um, it wasn't Western States. It was Leadville, I think. And it was just like all these people packed in an auditorium and they were talking about like, yes, I will finish this race. Like, don't <laughs> give up. And I was just thinking to myself, like, they're all like close, close proximity yelling and stuff like that. And I'm like, man, that's can't that can't happen. I know. And that's, that's the worst part because that's kind of like what ultras are all about without that close contact yeah. and people cheering you on yeah. and the crew and eight station people like clapping for you and, and, and filling up your water right. bottles and hugging you. Like uh, it's going to be a weird, it's going to be weird for a while, I think. And you're signed up for a couple races, right? Yeah. I've got two on my calendar, Vermont 100 or three, uh, Eastern States, Vermont 100 and, um, mid state massive. I got deferred, because I was injured last year. So I don't know. We'll see. When are you going to come out West? Yeah, I want to. <laughs> During this time, uh, you know, when the vaccines become more available, I think I'll be okay. doing some more traveling. I definitely want to branch out and do some like West Coast races or even just like, you know, fly around and like, I want to do part of the Wanderlust Trail out there, like around yeah. uh, Rainier. That looks beautiful. Um yeah, I just haven't haven't gotten around. I haven't seen enough of the world. <laughs> when you do start to travel, and I'm I'm just like, this is projecting way out, right? Like, yeah. Why Why not, right? But like, when you do travel, do you think that you'll like do meetups with people that watch your channel at all? Or yeah, it'd be awesome. Um, yeah, I, I still feels weird to think like 
people would want to meet up with me, but <laughs> oh, I would want to meet up with you. Yeah, man, we, we should. Yeah. I keep t- uh, t- talking to Ryan, like it'd be awesome to come up with like a um, way to collaborate with, you know, you yep. and Ryan or like something. I don't know. I feel like we could, could come up with something really creative um, and it would be oh, awesome. Be, so much fun. be a lot of fun. But again, there's a pandemic. <laughs> so it makes makes <laughs> that a that. lot more makes that a lot more challenging. But we'll definitely. But it also gives us time, right? It gives us that little bit of time to be like, hey, you know, um, we can plan stuff. Like, uh, I know I I kind of like chat with um, uh, Mike Kofuzi. Kofuzi was on your channel. He was he did one of these yep. um, interviews with you, uh, Michael Ko. He uh, is talking about this, like, because he's he's been locked in the pandemic and it's like, he wants to do this like road trip when it's all over and it's, he's just going to go everywhere. Um, and so I'm excited for him to do it. I mean, I'm sure I'll see him a couple places, but it's just neat to think like he has enough of a following that he can go do some fun stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. That would be awesome. I would love to see, I honestly, it'd be great if like, uh, Kafuzi, Mike, uh, did like the Boston marathon or something. Cause I'm right here. Yeah. <laughs> I could like well, shoot down there and check it actually, out. When, when actually we were planning on meeting up when he, um, was going to do it for 2020 that didn't happen. Of course. Uh, I was like, Hey, my wife qualified, we're going like, I will film some stuff. Like I'll, you know, I, he was going to race and I was like, I'll get some film for you. Oh, you know, that'd be awesome. I'm going to be out there with camera stuff. So, and you know, I love all the camera stuff. So, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Preaching to the choir, man. I feel like I've gone. Down. I know. We have a problem. We yeah. Have a, we have a slight addiction, <laughs> slight problem. It's called uh, gear acquisition syndrome. Uh, but yes, I can, I can thank it for the start of my channel. You know, I wouldn't have made Garmin videos if I wasn't so passionate about them and kept buying them. <laughs> yep. Um, let's see what else we got in the chat. We, we've got a few that we're missing. Oh, we got Mike in the chat. Uh, Kafuzi says, uh, I agree. It's totally an Apple effect. People want to see something new every year. Yeah. I think he's talking about, uh, the Garmin conversation we just had. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 70. Oh, uh, Mark Cole talking about his run every day challenge, 70 day streak here too, brother. It actually seems to be getting easier every wow. day. Yeah, I agree. Um, at first it was kind of a struggle for me, uh, because I wasn't used to running every day. It was like, I used to like have easy days and hard days and long days. Uh, but it, it certainly got a lot easier now that, you know, I've kind of committed to it. And now worst case, three miles on a treadmill, you know, best case, it's like a long run outside somewhere. Um, but it definitely gets easier. So if anyone's thinking about trying it, definitely give it a shot. You know, I did, I've done a, so if for your viewers that don't know me, like I have a long running history. I ran in college. That was my big thing was running. And, um, so I have a whole bunch of years that I didn't miss any running at all. Like didn't miss a day. And, for a couple of years, I like ran a lot, a lot of miles. Uh, but, um, I, I have a hard time talking to people, you know, because they'll, they'll say like, Oh, you know, you need to have a day off and you kind of get it. You're like, yes, that makes a lot of sense. That's probably the wise thing to do, but there's something about just having that, like, I'm going to run every day. There's no question about, (laughs) should I run today? Yeah. And you're just going to go out the door and you're, you know, if it gets to be, seven o'clock at night, you're like, I'm still going to go run. I have to get my run in. doesn't have to be long or whatever it is. But like, I think that there's some real value to that, that I, I think is kind of overlooked. Uh, yes, you, you need, the body needs to rest, but you can still rest and, and run a certain amount of mileage. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I think up front, like at the beginning, 
I learned pretty quickly that every day is not going to be a six minute pace long run, right? right? Like some days it's a mile and a half, two miles, but it still checks the box that I got my heart rate level up and I pounded my joints a little bit. And, you know, I feel like I, I feel less likely to be injured. It sounds counterintuitive. Like I should feel like a higher sense of being injured, but everything's just been kind of worked in a little bit where it's kind of, I don't know, like I'm not doing, I'm not structuring a workout. I'm not doing sets. I'm not saying I have a goal pace or a distance. My whole thing right now is like, just get out there, see how far you get. And if you're, you feel good that day, go long. If you feel like crap, turn around, Yeah, you know, and just see where it goes. And that's resulting in like 40 to 50 mile weeks, which feels pretty yeah, good right now. Great. So, you know, as long yeah, as I can maintain I'll usually that. Tell, yeah, I have, I coach a, a really large high school team. It's probably not going to be large this year. Um, but in cross country season is normally in the fall and we're doing it in the winter, which is weird. But like, um, so we'll usually have, you know, somewhere between like 100, 125 runners. And, you know, I'll talk to a lot of them and they, they do have injuries. And, things, and I'll tell them like, go for two miles, see how you feel. And at that two mile point, then decide if you want to go for seven miles or if you want to, if you really feel like not good, like bag it, like, and be smart, like bag it, like do it, like call it quits if you feel like, but there's something to be said for like going through that warm up process and seeing how you feel. Yeah. There's real value there for sure. Yeah. And even like a a rest day could be a a one mile jog, you know, it's not a run. (laughs) I, I think people just take rest days too literal, you know, like active rest. You can, yeah. You, know, you can get out there and move a little bit. Yeah. At the beginning of the year I was doing that. I was doing like kind of running a little bit each day and I would do a lot of these like little one mile runs just to kind of like get my body out there and stuff. And I really liked it, which was surprising. And you kind of start to think like, well, you know, what do people think when they look on Strava and they see that little one mile run? And <laughs> I kind of have to like get over it. Right. Yeah. Where it's like, yeah, I, I'm injured a lot and this is what I'm doing. Right. Like I kind of, and I would say something like evening mile or morning mile or whatever it is. It's just like, I'm going out in the dark and doing this little mile. And it was kind of, I really enjoyed it. I wish I could um, keep doing it, but uh, such is life. Achilles. <laughs> so <laughs> Achilles. Um, the busted Achilles. So the, uh, the uh, Strava thing I struggle with. Yeah. I still, but what I do now is I don't put everything on Strava anymore. Like there, it's unfortunate because I don't really have a place that has everything. Like I've got all the polar Koros Garmin. Um, and I should be better at that, but like 80% goes on Strava right now. So here's what I would do. Um, there, so, uh, training peaks. Have you ever heard of that? Yep. So they have a free account. I would do that. And you can have it auto upload from Garmin. Yeah, I, uh, so I have that. Of, the, the problem is like I go from Garmin to Koros to whatever. Yeah. And I, I, I know there's ways to sync them like run gap or whatever, but I just don't bother because it's, it's better for my mental health. <laughs> well, the other problem that you and I have is I'll be wearing three watches Yeah, and I'll go for a run. And I want to compare all this data and it's like, crap, all of that got uploaded to Strava and I got to go delete all this thing, you know, or whatever. <laughs> yep. But for me, like, um, what's on Strava, I think is accurate and I don't hide anything at all. Uh, so I post, you know, everything there and I don't have, I mean, I feel like I just have, to, if, if I go for a mile and I'm embarrassed that I ran 
11 minutes and 30 seconds for a mile. Like, guess what? Like anyone wants to compare PRs, like let's do it. But like, <laughs> I have to get, I have to get over the fact that I am where I am, Yeah, you know, and that happens to be not great at running right now, which I, you know, I, I can, think, I can live with that. I think though we, we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to be like, especially being like on YouTube and talking about yep. fitness stuff. You're like, well, I better be in some kind of shape. Right. But I think people right. actually like someone more relatable, you know, someone injured. <laughs> um, and, <laughs> and I feel like they appreciate, I mean, I appreciate that when I see somebody and they're like, man, I jacked up my back. How am I, how am I right. going to make this better? Um, I like that sort of honesty, that transparency. Uh, and you know, who knows how many of, the influencers out there are doing that. Um, it, it, it's a weird niche we're in because it, it's based on physical capabilities. And if I got in a car accident, you know, something terrible yeah. happened and I broke my leg, how the heck am I going to post videos about fitness tech and you know, running gear? Right. Um, so it is a weird no, I, situation. I feel you for sure. And honestly, when you had your back injury, it was the same kind of thing where it's like, how, if you can't, I don't, how do I review a watch when I can't go out and run? Mm. And I, I, I do feel that pressure and I do things that I shouldn't because, you know, I, I just posted a video, I think maybe my most recent video where I go and I do this track workout, which is the exact opposite of what I should be doing with my Achilles right now. <laughs> and, um, my, I, so my physical therapist is also a professional triathlete and also like best friend. Right. And so he saw that and he's like, Oh my God, what are you doing? And it was because like, Another YouTube channel had like called out my channel and been like, hey, try this challenge or whatever. And I'm like, I'll do it, you know? And then you're like, well, I could just jog through this eight minute pace or whatever. And then of course I go harder than I should. <laughs> but you do feel, I think a lot of weird pressure being on YouTube, especially somewhat of a fitness channel or whatever. And I don't know what the answer is because you do need at least a certain amount of like minimal amount of fitness to be able to test a fitness watch. And I don't know, I think what, what could be like the minimum amount, like the mile or whatever that we talk about, you know, I don't even know if that's enough to test some of the heart rate monitors because, you know, a lot of times you're ramping up a lot of the accuracy and things like that as you're doing those. Hmm. But at the same time, like at least with triathlon, I have the, the ability to be like, well, I can easily hop on the bike for an hour. Um, if I got hit by a car, that would definitely be a different situation. <laughs> yeah, it depends. I, I guess it depends what part of you got hit by the car. <laughs> yeah, I'm, well, I have quite a few friends that have been hit by cars when when cycling. It's it's actually scary how common that happens, dude. Uh, and no, that's one I mean, of my buddies who's a. It's yeah. Go ahead. I, I bought a road bike and I was like, I'm gonna use Did this as, really? as my side. Like, I'm gonna you know get my cardio up on the road bike. I was a mountain yeah. biker for a long time. I love mountain biking. Um, yeah. But then I got in. I was like, oh, I can't get to the trail all the time, so I'm gonna get on the road. Yep. It took me two days of commuting to work. Where I was like, screw this. <laughs> I live near yeah. Boston. People driving around here are totally <laughs> insane. <laughs> Not only that, but like we've got yeah, and I feel like the roads are more and, narrow. And Oh yeah. Yeah. Everything's just very, it's very chaotic on the roads here. So I got, I sold it. I was like, Nope, I'm done with this. <laughs> no way. So the only cycling I do well, now is on a, on an indoor bike. Yes, actually that's great. And I do a lot of indoor cycling, especially right now, but I love, I do love biking. I love biking outdoors. I usually have a couple of scares that, you know, 
every once in a while. And that really freaks me out. Um, or I have friends that get really badly hurt or I have my own crashes. I don't know if you can see my shoulder, but it's basically, you know, disfigured because of a crash bike crash that I had. But like you have these situations where you're like, screw that. I need to be able to like pick up my kids and I need to be able to, you know, do these things that are important. Um, but at the same time, like biking is fantastic. It's great. It's a great sport. You can get out there and you can go two, three hours and not be that sore the next day, which you can never do with running. Yeah. Um, so it has its benefits for sure. Uh, it's just, man, running is just running is so much more time efficient, right? Mm. Throw the shoes on, go out the door and get back to work. Yeah. That was the whole thing with mountain biking was I remember, I, I remember like in the morning I'd have to get the bike on the roof and then I'd have to remember to put yep. my my shoes, my clipless pedal shoes in the, in the back yeah. seat and all my gear, the helmet and everything. Whereas with running, it's like, keep your shoes in your car. You got a basic minimal I'll be kit. done by the time you're ready to get ready for biking. Or whatever. <laughs> exactly. So like lunch, yeah. lunchtime runs at, at work or, you know, after work, it's, it's a lot more, I don't know. It's more minimalistic. It takes less tweaking. That's what I like about it. Yeah. And, uh, we and get, you have three boys and I have three boys and it's oh, yeah. like, Time management is a serious problem. Oh, like, yeah. It is a real issue. Yeah, man. The, and the, it's only going to get worse. It's it's the hardest part. I don't know. Like, the value of time right now is just, it's there. You can't even put, I couldn't put a, mon a monetary value on it. <laughs> and, you know, I love yeah. my kids. I love my family. But, like, you know, yeah. between real job and then, like, doing my fake job over here at the YouTube thing. Yeah. Um, it's crazy. I'm sure you feel it too. It's yeah. I'm feeling like today I felt like I let down about five to 10 people. Like lot, like a lot of people just disappointed with me because I didn't have time for them or whatever. <laughs> so that's tough. Uh, we got Oscar Farias. He says, uh, I was 270 pounds and now I'm, uh, I'm down to 197 and all I do is run. Nice Oscar. All I do is Good run, job, uh, four to six miles a day on the treadmill. Thank you. You guys, that's awesome, Oscar. Congratulations on that. Way to go. Uh, awesome. Victor Nguyen, N-G-A-N. I'm going to go with Nguyen. Uh, any preference on hydration packs or accessories? How do you feel on that? What The Solomon one, right? Is that the one that everyone wants? So I'm old school runner. Like, even if you're doing a, you know, it's kind of like that. Like, hey, if you're doing 20 to 26 miles or something like that, you don't need hydration. Like, sometimes you would go out drive out the course before and throw some water bottles out. Like this is, this is how we used to do stuff. And, um, and there were many times that I used to do this 17 mile loop on trails and this is on trails in the summertime in Alabama. And I would not, I would have water at two, like a water stop at two miles. And then I would do the rest of the 17 mile loop and it was a hilly loop and I would finish and I would be delirious without water. So we just didn't do it. And we never even thought like, oh, maybe you should bring a water pack or one of, you know, any like, nope, this is what we do. We just go run. So that was dumb. <laughs> I, I used to feel that way until I got uh rhabdomiliosis. Is that how you, yeah. is that how you pronounce it? Yeah. I, I got, um, I got rhabdo, um, after the Vermont 100 yeah, the muscle breakdown, right. Where it ends up being so much muscle breakdown that it's, pretty dangerous to it's your like, liver and things like that. Yeah. It's like super dehydration to the point where your muscle, like the proteins from your muscles ends, ends up in your blood. And, um, yeah, yeah, that happened. Well, I got super dehydrated at Vermont 
And then I, a couple of weeks later, tried to do this um, trail called the Waypack Trail. It's a 25-mile um, trail run with, like, very limited water. And I only took, like, a liter with me. So I ran out halfway through. And by the end, I could actually, like, feel my liver. It was, like, really unnerving. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it was a whole thing. I, like, had tests. And, uh, yeah, I was I was in rough shape for a while. So ever since then, I take hydration a lot more seriously. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, right. I think for— You went to the hospital for that, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, I had to get yeah. all kinds of IVs and tests. And, yeah, it, yeah. it took a while to recover. Even, like, a short run after that um, would— take the wind out of my sail and like it was really weird but um in terms of like hydration vest that i like i like the uh solomon like you said the solomon s lab uh five advanced skin five set and 12 set those are my two okay. favorites right now uh who else do we got in here let's see what do you think about apple fitness it's funny you ask uh i was working on a video on that have you tried it yet matt no, no. Um, I think it's like, I feel like you keep getting these messages that it's like free for you because you got a new product. But um, I this is really ironic. So I write Apple software. So like iOS software, like Swift programming language or Objective-C. Like that's what I do for my real job as we talk about real jobs and fake jobs. <laughs> uh, but I don't have an Apple Watch. We had the first Apple Watch in the house like my wife wore it for a little while and just gave it to someone. She didn't like it that much. She just like gave it to someone else <laughs> because she didn't like it that much. Uh, and so I wouldn't mind checking out the Apple Fitness stuff. Um, it looks good. It's gotten really good reviews. So I'll be on the edge of my seat whenever Chase the Summit video comes out <laughs> with the uh, Apple Fitness stuff. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I feel like I'm not the right clientele for it. It's interesting. But it's basically but your wife does stuff like that, right? Yeah, yeah. So I feel like I I kind of showed it to her, but we also have okay. a, a Nordic Track treadmill with the iFit stuff on it. Yeah, and that's very similar to what Apple's trying to do. So right. like, if you have iFit, I don't see why you'd get Apple Fitness, although it does yeah. integrate a little bit cleaner with the whole ecosystem, yeah. like the Apple thing. Um, but yeah, the big show to it is basically like you'll see your heart rate from your Apple Watch on your your iPhone or your, your iPad in real time. Right. And it's, it's kind of catered to you. So after a workout, if you do something hard, it'll like suggest the next, the next hard workout. That's and it has cool. things like yoga and all that other stuff on there. Yeah. That's probably what I should be doing like all the time. <laughs> and my wife does a great job and she's doing, she uses the Peloton app, not for cycling, but for all of the different yoga stuff. And she loves it. And you know, I don't mind paying for stuff if like we're using it. It's like I have no problem with that. And she uses the heck out of that stuff. Do so you, that's do you, you know, have um do you have to have the Peloton bike or tread to use the Peloton app? No, you don't. Well, so if you want to so it doesn't make sense to use the Peloton app for cycling stuff if you don't have the bike or same thing for the treadmill. But they do they have a ton of other stuff, which she likes these HIT workouts and yoga workouts. And that's what she's using the Peloton app for. Huh. And she really uses it a lot. So that's cool. Yeah, I'd like to maybe yeah. I'll try that because it might be a good yeah, might be a good data point for comparing it to to Apple Fitness because it's kind of kind I of the same thing. Yeah, because it's one of the major players on the market, and I'm sure they have a free trial that you could, you know, try it out and see what you think. Yeah. Uh Shane, is it an Apple effect or watch brands trying to do the same things as the shoe companies do with their new versions every year? I feel like it's just a global thing where like 
we expect a new MacBook Pro every year. We expect a new, yeah. uh, you know, TV to come out from Samsung every year and a new technology from Sony cameras to come out. It's just like our culture now is like instant gratification, I think. Yeah. Shane, I, th- I think you're right. I think that there's some pressure from, and I, I, I do think it's coming from Apple somewhat. I think that, you know, really the features that we're going to see from Garmin in the future, they feel like an effect from from Apple, right? Where it's yeah. like, we got the we got the basic stuff like notifications on your, you know, watch and all that stuff. And now it's like, now you can do music on your phone, you know, on your watch. And now the next thing is like, and maybe we could talk through your watch. It's like, <laughs> we're going to start to feel, Garmin is feeling the pressure. I think Garmin's, really feeling the heat not from you know polar and koros and sunto but they're feeling the pressure from apple right like that's the big big fear yeah it's interesting because uh it's probably the only area where apple is a value (laughs) compared to like like when you look at the apple computers they're very expensive compared to the competition in the windows market Um, and when you look at like Apple earbuds, they're crazy expensive for what you're getting. Oh. But, but when you look at the Apple what about watch, their, like what about their can ones, the oh, air, the, I don't remember the something max yeah, or whatever the, they're the, called. Uh, they're like the earpod max. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but then you look at the Apple watch and like the Apple watch SE is 279 and it is pretty awesome for 279. Like I put that yeah. right up there with, um, the cross pace two being a good deal because you're getting, oh, yeah. you no, get a I lot of flexibility there. It's really weird. Yeah, it does a whole bunch of stuff. You got access to a ridiculous amount of software that you can install. And that's another thing that I mention occasionally, but like really probably not enough is that third-party software is so critical that, you know, it's like Garmin has their Connect IQ apps where you can, you know, if there's something that your watch doesn't do, you just hop, you you know, and you're smart enough, you figured this stuff out. You can go develop your own little thing, throw it on your watch, and there you go. But, you know, Apple, like, take that to the max where it's like thousands of developers are, you know, putting their work towards these Apple watches. Well, you're going to have some really cool apps and things like that. You know, all of these companies like Polar and Koros and Sunto, they're all missing out on that piece. And it's something that they've, you know, I would say that they've overlooked it, maybe not because it is hard to support all of that stuff. But like, it's important, right? Like, you know, Apple is always going to have that advantage of having this massive developer base. I mean, this goes back to like Windows versus Apple, where like all the developers started developing towards Windows. Like, why would you worry about Apple? There's just a small segment of the, you know, of the people buying computers and operating systems. So it's like focus your development efforts on Windows. And, you know, then all of a sudden you all the software's for Windows. So why would you buy an Apple? It's, it's kind of like a, a pattern that just kind of builds on itself. So. I think it's something that at least Garmin has started. I th- there are I have issues with the Connect IQ stuff. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah. There's it's, it's like there's like a very low standard. I feel like for a, there's a couple things like the programming language they chose was Monkey IQ or something, which is kind of like Java, but it's just like why why not just stick with something that's just a standard and. Yeah, so there's a lot of problems that way, and um, I get it. Like they needed to kind of lock in some things, but um, Apple, it's like, hey, if you know how to program towards your MacBook Pro, then you could also program towards the watch. Like a lot of people are gonna be like, okay, that makes sense. I can do that. Uh, so it's not some obscure language, um, and uh, 
And, you know, Android Wear, same kind of thing, right? It's like mm -hmm. you're going to have access to a whole bunch of applications. And, you know, we should probably talk about that more when we, you know, do these watch reviews. It's like Koros is never going to have that, you know, thousands upon thousands of developers developing towards their platform. I think that's um, something they, should... they pride themselves on, though. Like they're going to they're yeah. never they're never going to do music. They're never going to have right. like fancy pants things going on. Koros is all yeah. about like rock solid, reliable baseline of, of right. features um, and nothing over the top, no, nothing extravagant because I feel like they're marketing towards people who just don't want too much fluff. Right. And that's yeah. like, if you, if you look at a Garmin and you're like, why the heck would I want music on my running watch? Well, you probably right. just I, buy a Koros. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, how many, like you and I both like Garmin, like we both use these watches. Like yeah. how many times have you listened to music on your watch, like from your watch? Maybe in the realm of fifteen times total. Fifteen times, and you probably had it <laughs> that of that ability for two years. I'm guessing about yeah. yeah. And it, I'm I'm probably less than you. I'm probably like le like less than five times. So uh, it's great. It's a cool feature. I've never successfully used the Garmin Pay feature. Oh, I, I use that all the time, actually. Now, now more uh, than ever with awesome. the pandemic. It doesn't work with my bank where it, it didn't last time I checked. And so I'm like, well, can't even test this. It's actually surprisingly cool. Um, like if you're grocery shopping yeah. or something and you just go blink and then you're you're done. You know, you don't have to dig out your credit card or anything. So I, I kind of oh, like I that feature. Super cool. Yeah. yeah. It, it oh, is, yeah. It is kind of unfortunate that they, cool. on, they only support like I have Bank of America. So, you know. Yeah. That works by default, but if you have like a smaller credit union or something like that, it's definitely not as easy. Um, Matt, we got a question for you. Your uh, use your software magic skills and create the ultimate swim app for Garmin, please. Can you get on that? Oh, I would love to. <laughs> well, again, like Monkey IQ, I you know is not something that I really want to dive into, uh, but I would if it was like, hey, I need something. Um, but what it allows you to do is, uh, so, so there's a, a product that I really want to test. Like there's all these kind of like arrow meters, which is complicated in itself, just explaining what the product is, but they're, they're ways to kind of determine how aerodynamic you are on the bike. Um, but like they want to relay that information up to the bike computer. Right. And so bike computer, you might be like, you might have a Wahoo bike computer, uh, or you might have a Garmin bike computer. Really, it's going to be one of those two. There are others, um, but like those are the two major ones. And so uh, if you're making these aerometers, which one do you choose? Do you choose the one that has, you know, the Connect IQ platform where you can write your software and you can kind of get what you need from your aero sensor up and display it? Or do you do that for Wahoo where you literally can't do anything except for nothing? Like there's, you're just, you're out of luck. And so... <laughs> There's real value to that. Um, and so I see some situations where I'm like, hey, there's this hole in this piece and I want this information. Like I'll go develop it and do it myself. Uh, right now, I'm at this point where it's like, I have literally no time even to do my job that pays me. It's like, I don't, <laughs> you know, it's like, and then I struggled to get my one video out per week. And so it's like, you know, I'm, I'm not going to pick up not that I, you know, couldn't pick up a different programming language. I'm, it would wouldn't be that hard. It's just like I don't know that the value would be there for me. And you know, um, if if it was something like, hey, we're gonna pay you to do it, then 
then I would consider it, you know, I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Garmin's Garmin swim stuff is I think solid. It's um, it does what needs to be done for sure. So I don't see there are. Okay. So what I would want to see on swimming and here's, here's my, like what I wish, here's my wish feature. Yeah. Let's hear uh, it. Would be a learning algorithm for like detecting what stroke you're doing. Because when we talk about like, when you think about swimming, you think like, why would Matt go do anything except for go do freestyle. Right. But like, if you think about real swimmers, like what they do is they'll go, they'll go to the pool, they'll do some kicking and then they do, you know, uh, a fly set where they're doing butterfly and then they're going to do some breaststroke stuff and then they're going to do backstroke and they're going to do freestyle. And I do like very little of that because I'm very much a triathlete and I'm absolutely horrible at all the other strokes, but I swim with real swimmers. And so I get roped into doing, you know, other strokes. And so what you can do, and I've seen, um, certain like this is diving deep into the woods, but I've seen companies do this where you use a learning algorithm to kind of detect uh, the accelerometer data and kind of detect which strokes you're doing. And then, you know, you're automatically displaying all of that information in your final results. So you, you get your final data, you know, you can imagine like your Garmin data or whatever it is. And you can kind of see like, okay, well that 25 that I was doing fly, I did this time. And then the next one I was doing backstroke and I hit this time. And so that is really cool data to have, especially if it's being auto detected and you don't have to like try and go change settings or something like that on your watch. But to do any sort of learning algorithm stuff, you really have to have a ton of data, which Garmin has, um, but I personally don't have it. And so uh, I just don't swim enough, I guess. But <laughs> do you guys like learning algorithms and things like that for your work, work stuff? Um, for my work, work stuff, I'm mechanical. So I just deal with nuts and bolts. <laughs> right. You're like CAD figure out. Yeah. How yeah. I do. Work yeah. Enough. I do like 3d modeling and like bearing sizing and like structural analysis oh, cool. and all that, you know? Yeah. Uh, that stuff that, that I lived nine to five. <laughs> yeah. But, but uh, I mean, like if, if it, if it's robotics, then there's going to be learning algorithms. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a weird thing to be a part of. Uh, you see these automatic robots driving around and doing things and yeah, it's, it's very interesting. I, mean, I, I could see the way that... I look at it is you're building Terminator Skynet. <laughs> you're part of Skynet and you're trying to kill us all. So yeah. I don't know if we should be supporting your channel. <laughs> well, if you support my channel, Maybe I won't have to work there anymore. <laughs> then, there you go. <laughs> someday. Uh, here's here's a good question. How do each of you uh, want to see your channel grow in 2021 and then over the next five years? Wow. I can't even think past next five week. Five years sounds like forever. Yeah. Let's hear your take on that. Uh, okay. So here's, here's something that I would suggest for anyone that's new to YouTube, like a, like start now, because what you'll notice is that the very, as you start, it's very, very difficult. It's just like you you have this like slow growth and you're thinking like, I am never going to hit a hundred subscribers and you finally do. And then the next hundred is really not that hard to hit. And so it's a very like, um, I would, I would describe it as like, it feels very exponential as far as growth goes. Uh, and so, you know, the sooner you start, the better. So if you're thinking about starting something like start it and then tell me about it because I'll come watch your stuff and I'll come help you as best I can. Uh, but like, so you think like five years and you're thinking like, okay, well, exponential growth. Like I do hope right now my, you know, I, I think I'm, I'm over 5,000 subscribers. 
Uh, and it's kind of one of those things where it's like, okay, I hope that I'm, you know, quickly, I'm, you know, faster than I have hit 5,000 that I'll hit 10,000. Uh, and so, you know, you start to think, okay, well, hopefully eventually I'll get to, you know, where Chase the Summit is. Um, <laughs> because, you know, and I think what's really cool is like celebrating those little milestones. And I do worry a little bit about like, you know, you, you have these numbers and things like that and that they're, there are these metrics that you're like, oh, I need to get the next hit the next milestone. Whereas, you know, they're just numbers and they're not necessarily as important as putting out like decent quality videos. Um, and so, you know, goals for the channel are, you know, a like I do want to hit some decent numbers in the next year or so. And I do want to put out really quality, decent content uh, in the near future. Uh, and I think that you can do both of those. You can put out like enough quantity that you'll see the growth that you'll, you know, that you'll have decent numbers as, as well as like have a couple of videos that you're really passionate about, even if they're not like big numbers. And yeah. so, um, you know, you and I have talked about this, you know, offline where it's like, you know, there's some cool stuff where it's just like, I'm going to go take my camera and I'm going to go run. Yeah. And, you know, five people are going to watch this, but it's going to be a hell of a good video. And I think it's important to put that stuff out there. So, yeah, I agree. That's a really hard thing that I'm like right now struggling with. Um, like yeah. back like a year ago, if a video got a thousand views in a day, I would be like, holy crap, like this is amazing. But now like a thousand yeah. views in a day isn't as good as it, you know, it's, it's not like a top, it's, used to be. it's like a, you know, below a top 10 performer. Um, and like, right. I try not to get hung up on that because I, YouTube, yeah. YouTube's such a dangerous place because you come into it with such yeah. pure, like pure intentions. You, you want to share your opinion or you want to entertain or yeah. educate or just try to, um, exactly. you know, like inspire or whatever. But then as time goes on, um, when it becomes monetized and then things are, you know, you're getting paid a little bit here and there, it can really shift like how you look at it and what you're making. Um, so I really try not to let that burden me too much. Like today I, yeah. I posted that, um, the insole review with the, the clicky yep. insoles. Yep. Uh, and sure. I, I kind of knew like, it's a pretty niche product. Yeah. I know a lot of people and it, you know, it's, it's an hour to film. People it's, aren't that. Yeah. It's an hour to film. It's a couple hours to edit all for like yeah. $2 and 71 cents that YouTube will <laughs> pay me someday. Right. Well, uh, yeah, you won't get paid for that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, but I, but for the one person that watches that video and is like, yeah. I'm a heel striker and I really want to find a way to combat this. And if that helps that one person, that's right. worth it. Right. So it's, you right. got to really weigh it out. It's so easy to overlook the fact that like this one video might really, really help like that one person, you know? And I yeah. think, you know, you, you make what you try really hard to like make what you want to make and make good videos and, let the other stuff just let it go where it's hard because like one of the videos that I have coming up, I already talked about was like the Garmin 745 after a hundred days or whatever, like that video will do well because of what it is. Like yeah. it just, it will like, I'm confident that'll end up in my top 20 videos or something like that. I'll tell you right now. It's great. And I want to make that video because like, it'll help a lot of people. But at the same time, like there's another there's another video that'll be on my list that's like, hey, what can you expect from your first triathlon? And that's going to help five people, but yeah. it'll help them a lot. And it's very important to me to like get those people, you know, into the sport of triathlon. 
and so I think, you know, the question was from Hunter and he does uh, CrossFit stuff. You guys can check out his channel. It's excellent. Um, but like he, you know, he can do the same thing where it's like, can you help people get into the sport of CrossFit? You know, how do you help them? How do you help them with these technology choices for the sport of CrossFit? And sometimes you kind of like do some reviews that you know are going to be like kind of big hits. And then you kind of mix that in with some other things that you think are really, really going to help people. Uh, and then there's other things too, where it's like, um, I'm going to make a video coming up where I talk about changing the watch band of the 745, which is actually a little bit awkward and weird, <laughs> yeah. but it's like, I've done but it. Like, <laughs> I, it, you've done it. Okay. So like, you know, it's a weird little process. Yep. And it's one of those things where it's like that video will do. Okay. It won't do well, but it's like it'll help some people and it'll help some people two years from now. I think because I think, I think that you'll that's be surprised. Kind of that, I think that'll yeah, do well. So it'll, no, it won't. I think it will because it will do. I had a guy. It'll be, a slow, it'll be what I call like a slow burn video. Where I, it'll do okay for a long time, <laughs> but it won't do great ever. I had a guy message me on Instagram, direct message, and he wanted to know yeah. if um, I could take the chorus. Um, the chorus pace two nylon band and put it on yeah. the, the 745. Oh, and, yeah. And uh, so I actually tried it and I took a picture for the You're guy. Like, and, I don't know. And I sent it to him. Uh, and you can do it. You can actually swap them yeah. around. And I, I thought to myself, hey, this would actually make kind of an interesting video because I bet you a lot of. Make that video because <laughs> then you should weigh the difference and be like, oh. why does GPS watch? Oh, yeah. Because the 745 is pretty light, actually. Forty-five is pretty light. Yeah, actually, that would be nice. And the, the cross pace two is, I don't know. It like if you take off the bands, like they're probably pretty close. Prob I bet the seven forty-five weighs a little bit more because the heart rate has that whole yeah. sock stuff. It has that like dome to it. I don't know. Yeah, we, that'd be interesting. You should make that video. I would love to watch that. Video. <laughs> Maybe I'll make one of those uh, those short videos that people are doing nowadays, and it will be just about that. Yeah, shorts. I don't know. I'm going to I'm going to have to try it. I just don't want to muddy up my analytics on my video. <laughs> uh, yeah, but that was a good point, Matt. Uh, check out Fit Gear Hunter's channel if you haven't already. He does uh, CrossFit oriented uh, reviews. So he looks at like the Garmin's and the Coros's and purely from the perspective of someone just doing cro CrossFit CrossFit. So that's a pretty cool um, niche that he's in there. Yeah, um, he does a good job. He does uh, pretty thorough reviews. We got uh Dr. Four Aces in the house. Hello from Japan. Nice. I, I can't uh, stay for the live chat, but rest assured I'll be back to re replay it later. Awesome. Thank you for that. Thank you. Uh, Goku Runner, 44-day streak. That's awesome. Congratulations. Uh, Goku Runner's cool. He's done some crazy stuff. He's done some like 24-hour. Um, he has a YouTube channel as well. You guys can check out. But he's done some like 24-hour track runs and stuff like that. Like cool guy for sure. And he, he does review some products as well. Uh, but he mostly focuses on running stuff. That's awesome. Uh, Fit, Fit Gear Hunter's back again. What do you think about uh, the Garmin badge? 80 hours of running in a month. <laughs> I didn't know that existed. Uh, but I feel like it, it's not that hard. Well, it's hard to achieve. But for a lot of people, like 100-mile training, probably hitting that. Uh, wait, no. That's that's a lot. That's a real that's a real lot. Yeah, that's a fair <laughs> amount. I th I don't think I've ever hit that. Um, it's a tough month. Like you could, I feel like you could hold that rhythm for a week, but then it gets a little bit more difficult after that. I mean, I probably did it back in the day when I was uh, 
younger. I was but. listening to a podcast the other day about um, Taggart Van Etten, I want to say his name is. He's um, the world, well, the American speed record holder, I think, for the 100 mile distance. Okay. I think uh, he, he set some sort of record, but he was talking about his training plan and he was, he was doing uh, 220 miles a week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> for like a there's a lot of like period of time it's totally crazy yeah that's really hard i know that um there's a whole bunch of runners that used to do high mileage back in the day and uh in particular like the there's some japanese runners that really pushed that kind of limit of like what can you do um and then they what was really interesting is they did like you know studies on all this stuff like when does when does it quit paying yeah dividends and when it starts being negative and all this stuff and arthur linyard was this famous running coach back in the day and he said like you know right around that 200 mile mark it gets really hard to do anything else and they even looked at like does like when does sperm count drop and it doesn't <laughs> it ends up dropping right yeah which is right like that that's a weird thing to think but it ends up dropping right around you know that kind of 200 mile mark which means you know if you're hitting 100 120 mile weeks like don't worry you're good keep going yeah. uh your, your boys, your boys are still swimming. <laughs> yeah. I feel like, uh, there's definitely a point of diminishing returns there where, yeah, yeah I well, don't know if you're cranking so out hundred miles a week. Like, I, used to have this I used to have this discussion a lot of, a lot of when, when I did high mileage and people were like, you know, you're doing a hundred mile weeks and you're not getting anything from it. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, we're racing a 10 K in the NCAA championships. And like you could be, 10 seconds slower and that could be 30 places or 40 places of people right like it's like yeah this is just a massive amount of people that can all run sub five minutes for an entire you know for 10k right and it's like there's there's so many of us that can do this and i'm in the back of the pack so that's like the thick part of it where it's like i'm not towards the front where (laughs) like where the fast people were i'm in the back where it's like hey 10 seconds makes a huge difference between you know the amount of points that you're scoring for your team and so it's like, yeah, you have diminishing returns, but it might be 10 seconds over 10K, which might be a lot of points for your team. Yeah. Uh, and for me, like high mileage worked. And I got a lot of flack over the years about like how you're never, your knees are going to be bad and all this stuff, <laughs> right? And it's like, and all I could say is like, hey, this works for me. You know, I get it. Like if you're, you know, 35 years old like don't try and go do 100 mile weeks or whatever like i get it but like at the same time if you've been doing 90 mile weeks for a long time then jumping up to 100 mile weeks maybe isn't that big of a deal yeah so it's all in i think how you attack the problem and and don't ever just say like this is wrong because it's you know three digits versus two digits like that's just doesn't make any sense yeah it really comes down to the person and like obviously they're uh, run efficiency and you know how they yep. move some people can run and not get injured and you know others run 20 miles a week and end up with a jacked up back like i did <laughs> yeah right like if i look at my running shoes i get injured so <laughs> uh marty logan says hi dave with running most days do you always uh stretch beforehand i keep getting calf uh soleus strains currently wear pegasus trail two, which are awesome by the way um so I'm I'm a terrible example of someone who should stretch. I don't stretch at all, like zero. <laughs> what I do is I start very slow in a warm up, yeah, and then 
Um, after I'll hit myself with a massage gun if I'm like t- tight in any areas, yeah. but I don't, I don't do any static, like, um, you know, Achilles or calves or anything like, like, yeah. like that. I think what you'll find if you look into the research is that there's not a lot of good research for static stretching. Unfortunately, like all of us do it, like it feels good, especially after we work out, but there's just not a ton of data supporting it. Mm. Um, which is crazy weird because like all of us were taught like stretch so that you don't get injured, but there's just like no studies that show that at all. Yeah. In fact, the usually the most successful runners are fairly tight. Um, that being said, like stretch after, you know, stretch after you run, especially like, it just seems like the right thing to do. I don't, I don't don't know, but I would say the, what you're doing, Dave is probably the right thing. Like go warm up, warm up slowly, that calf soleus issue is is a common thing that a lot of us deal with. You need to let it recover for sure. You probably have some micro tears in there. Uh, but mm. then after that, like starting up slowly, I think the massage gun is good as well. Yeah. I think you that's gotta, a good thing to try. You got to use it right though. Like uh, I feel like a lot of people buy them and then they like hit their tendon directly or, you know, get into <laughs> a spot where, you know, it's just, you can do some damage if you don't, uh, target the right areas. It's a muscle tool. Major muscle group. Yeah, that's yeah. that's it. You know, hit the the meat of your to, calf. So it's a put it in your nose, right? <laughs> oh man. Uh, so Jesse McIntyre says, "Do you think the Garmin Venue will eventually cannibalize the Vivo Active Series?" Wow, I hadn't thought about that, but it's definitely a potential because it's kind of the same thing, but with a nice screen. If they could get the yeah. battery life up on it, it would certainly be. Like if they can match the battery life, I don't see why they'd keep both lines active when most people right. want that bright OLED display. I don't know. Um, we are yeah. we are getting close to an hour and a half here. I'm not going to keep you all night, Matt. Let's take a couple more chats. And I lose track of time so fast. <laughs> I knew that was going to happen. I was like, oh yeah, we're all, we'll just go an hour, and then it was like you and I start talking. It's going to be forever. Yeah, I feel like you know someone like you we. we could be offline right now and just chatting. <laughs> but oh, it would, be the exact same conversation, but it's good to do it on air. It would sure. probably have a lot more camera talk involved. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, hey guys, any you're thought- going to buy the Sony A1, right? Oh when man, when are you going to buy that? Oh, you know what's keeping me from buying? Do you do you follow uh, Chris How Chris? Uh, what's his last name? H A U Hau or Hua? Yeah. Um, yes, I've. I think I follow him. He posted the... He's a chef in Toronto, right? Yeah, yeah. He posted the best yeah. Sony A1 video today. Did he? Okay. Where he's he kind of took the camera conspiracy spin, and he's in a boardroom meeting okay. with the manager and the engineer. And oh, he's like, it. he's like, just give him everything. And then the manager's like, uh, what's the price? Double it. <laughs> Double it's it. like, perfect. Yeah. Uh, but they didn't put the flippy screen in, which I need the flippy screen. So... I think I you. I don't think you need to buy another camera. I think you're good. <laughs> I think I think I'm good too. I think you're good too. You got one too with an A7S3. Yeah. Let's make Ryan buy that camera so that we can vicariously live through him. He wants a he wants a cinema camera. That guy. I know. <laughs> uh, okay. Let's see. Uh, Victor Nan again agreed to the audience that resonates with YouTubers going through the same struggles and experience. Great job, guys. Oh, that's good to hear. Thank you for chiming. Oh, thank in. you. Um, okay. Uh, Leona Wong. Well said, Dave. We, we love the transparency, uh, best way to learn and support each other. Yeah, totally true. If you get injured, uh, you should certainly share it with your audience. Uh, and we all know Matt, 
is cutting the heel off of his shoe right now so he can go run. <laughs> right now, I'm like just sawing away like while I'm talking on this video, I'm cutting some shoe in half. The, my physical therapist, I was, he was like, he was like, we need to cut up some more shoes. These are too old. So I'm like, okay, I've got a whole bunch of shoes to cut up. You got to come up with like a uh, custom shoe where you get your shoe and then like a neoprene stretchy thing that goes around yeah. the back. I kind of like hugs. I know some people at Nike. <laughs> uh, kind of a random question. I've been searching high and low. Are there any good spin bikes that you know of that play nice with Garmin uh, and auto adjust resistance based off the Garmin heart rate? I know nothing about that. Ooh. I don't know. Okay, so I haven't heard of anything that auto adjusts resistance based on heart rate. There are a lot of things that will auto adjust based on power. Uh, so typically what you'll do is like, so, you know, you, we, you've talked about running power on your, on your show for, I don't know, a year or more, but, um, but running, you know, power really comes from biking. That's kind of where it stems from. And that's the amount of force that you're putting through the bike, amount of wattage that you're putting through the pedal itself and things like that. But there's a, so many, there's a fair amount of bikes on the market that will adjust your workout, how fast you turn the pedals they'll slow the pedals down trying to make you push a certain amount of power. And they, they do that basically by like ramping up the resistance, trying to force you to kind of push a certain amount of power. They don't necessarily do it based on heart rate or as far as I know, I haven't seen anything that's done that based on heart rate. So there are a fair amount of bikes on the market. Like, um, Wahoo has a spin bike and, um, I'm trying to think of who else. Um, there's, the stages bike um there there are a couple more and they do that they'll have this resistance uh wahoo also has like the wahoo kicker there's the tracks neo there's all these different like uh smart trainers that do the same thing where they'll add resistance to the actual um rear mechanics of your bike to where like you have to put out more power to try to match whatever your goal power is for the workout. So your workout has this thing where it's like go up and then take a break and then go up again. Then it'll try to force you through the workout in what they would call erg mode. Uh, but I haven't seen it based on heart rate. So, um, if I see something, yeah, if I see something, I will, uh, reach out and highlight it on my channel. Uh, here's a good question. Uh, Jody says, how do you both, how did you both overcome the fear of people watching your videos and the imposter syndrome? I've got a story for that, but I'll let you go first. <laughs> so I think that's hard. Um, because I think at least at first, like you're going to post a video, you're going to hate the way that you sound and that's never going to change really. Like you're like, gosh, my voice is so annoying. <laughs> and here, here's my suggestion for you. Like either decide that it's not worth it to post something or like decide that it is worth it. And I think what you're going to decide is that it's worth posting something. Like I think that it's, I think that you have something very important to say and you have an opinion and a perspective that, that I don't have and that I promise I will find interesting and that you should post that. Uh, and so the value of you posting that and the value of you providing that information to other people is worth it for you to get over that hump of like, eh, my voice is annoying or eh, <laughs> I'm going to say something stupid or whatever it is. Like I promise it's worth it. And then you need to do it a hundred times and it'll get easier. Yeah, totally agree. I think the biggest hurdle for me was starting so late in life. Like, 
you know, yeah. mid thirties guy. I got kids. I work in a very professional environment in mechanical engineering. Yep. Um, you know, it was embarrassing basically. And I was fortunate that I had a lot of the camera gear early on from like a for photography hobby that I was into. Um, yep. So I actually, a lot of my first videos, I didn't even tell my wife I posted them. <laughs> right. I just literally like under the radar, set up some lights, yep. made my video, put them quietly on YouTube. Um, and then it kind of went from there. So I agree. Like, but I think that's okay. I mean, I really don't like the term YouTuber. I hate it. I like, hate it. <laughs> I really, it really bothers me. And I, I think it, it, it sounds unprofessional. And then here's the other problem with it is like, I have, I mean, I don't know if I have like a respectable career, right. But like, I have something I have some job that I have that's a real job. Yeah. And, you know, and it's a, you know, and then and you and I, even when we describe YouTube, it's like, well, this is our, we, you know, we have a real job and then we have our other thing that we do. But like, I hate the YouTuber thing. What's and worse? I don't ever describe myself that way. What's worse is the word uh, influencer. I absolutely yeah, that's can't. Horrible. That's like you're influencing. It's almost like a drug, you know, like a drug addiction. Yeah. You're influencing someone you're, to buy this. You're a dealer. Thing. Yeah, exactly. I hate that. I really yeah. hate that. Like, oh yeah, I'm gonna drug someone and take advantage <laughs> of them. I'm gonna influence them. And that's no, yeah. Uh, and you know, we have yeah, there, I, there is that power that you are. You know, if you you took money and you you posted a review in a positive way, that's about something that's should be a negative way. Like I, I see that happening on YouTube. It potentially could happen, yeah. but I, I, I pride myself in not doing that. I know you're not that way. And I know uh Hunter and Ryan in the chat are definitely not that way. Um, yeah. so it's a really weird thing, but the imposter syndrome up front for me was huge. Cause I'm an introverted guy. Like right. I don't, I don't do this stuff. <laughs> I'm on, I'm live on YouTube with uh 40 some odd people watching and that's like, totally uncomfortable for me, but day right. by day, the more you do it, the more natural it feels. Yep. Um, exactly. but editing, uh, my stupid face for two hours is definitely, definitely a pain every time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Staring at yourself, fumbling. <laughs> uh, thanks for your question, Jody. Uh, okay. Let's, let's jump down. There's a lot of chat. Uh, Sorry if we don't get to all of the questions, guys. Yeah, no, thanks for joining everybody. Really appreciate it. But they fun. are they are great questions. I really like so far. I, I like all the questions that we've had so far. Yeah, good mix. We've had sports, running, uh, triathlon. Yeah. We've had some YouTube questions. It's, it's a good mix. Uh, I'm late. Daily runner here from San Bernardino, California. Berna, nice. Bernardino. There we go. Uh, hi from South Africa. That's awesome. Uh, have you guys wow. experienced instant pace issues with the Garmin 945? Um, mine is way out compared to my Coros and Polar. Lots of guys online have the same issues. Um, I don't feel like mine's way out of whack, but I kind of, I don't know. It's not like, I think they filter it a little bit, so it's not like jittery. So uh, you kind of get a consistent number and it's not kind of all over the place. How do you feel about that, Matt? I haven't. So here's the problem is like, I feel like the, the numbers that I'm looking for to oftentimes I'll look at, like, I'll be trying to like look at heart rate to see if those numbers are out of whack and I don't stress about pace being out of whack. And so it may be one of those things that I just haven't noticed. Um, 
but I, you know, I will, tr now that it's on my radar, I'll, I'll look for that. Um, you know, again, like I do go out running and I wear three watches. So, uh, <laughs> the 745 has been my rock solid kind of like, you know, this is what I think is correct. And it looks that way. Uh, so I, I will, I'll look for that in the future. I just, I, it's not something that I've noticed. And honestly, a lot of times when I'm out running, I'm like, Oh, look at the lake over there. Um, <laughs> I, I'm not, I'm like, Oh yeah, wait, check, double check. The heart rate is looking okay. You know, and I have to like focus back on what I'm supposed to be, you know, looking at, but, um, the spot that you probably would see that the most would be when you're doing speed work or track work or something like that, where you do have these rapid changes in, in acceleration and, and speed and you're looking at your paces that way. Yeah. So not something that I've seen so far. I think, I think it comes down to like how they filter it. They just really want to like average it out a little bit. So you're not seeing numbers kind of spiking all over the place. Um, right. So yeah, some they'll do like a five second smoothing of that data or whatever it is. So, mm. and they may adjust that, right? Like one company might pick five seconds. Another company might pick two seconds. Another company might pick 10 seconds. Yeah. I know they do that with power data a lot. And you can actually see that when you overlay these graphs, you can see like one is really like choppy and another one has these smooth curves. Yeah. So, uh, Cody Jackson, hi from Seattle. Hey, one of your neighbors up there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm training for my first ultra 50 K in either March or April, uh, due to COVID the restrictions on eight stations will probably be limited. Any tips for yep. preparing enough food for the race? Um, I would say, uh, make sure you practice, uh, yeah. like long runs with kind of maybe a cooler in your car and do like big loops or something like that. I think a lot of ultras coming up will have very limited crew points or no crew and maybe no volunteered yep. aid station. So it might be like, uh, you know, it's drop bags for everything or it's going to be um, like laid out uh, prepackaged stuff. So I would say just do a lot of practice beforehand um, to get your head around what kind of nutrition you need and like at what, what mile markers you're going to need them by. If any, any, anything to share on that, Matt? Yeah, I, that's exactly what I was going to say is like, hey, practice what you want to work with because you're what you're going to find is like yeah it's a negative that you don't have all of the crew and you don't have all of these aid stations and things like but the other side of the coin is the fact that like hey you can probably race with what you practice with a little bit more and then you're going to know what's going to work well for your gut and what's not going to make you you know oh i took this thing at this aid station it's brand new i've never had it before and guess what i'm showing up in the woods five minutes later <laughs> yeah that's, um, a, that's a bold you know, move less likelihood of that happening right <laughs> yeah and so uh like dave said like practice with what you're gonna race with so that will be helpful okay a couple more and then i swear i'll let you go matt keeping you all night here uh <laughs> Ryan got beer and I'm good. <laughs> Ryan Clayton says, fine, I'll get an A1 for quote unquote research. <laughs> Perfect. We talked him into it. Uh, Thanks, Ryan. The Surly Trail Goat. Uh, what, what is the one thing uh, in the gear that you use that you could not live without? What is one piece of gear, Matt, that you couldn't leave your house without? Okay, I have, um, I could probably go on for days on this question. Great question, <laughs> first of all. Uh, and so my guess based upon your username is that you're a runner, ultra runner, but I have a cycling item that I don't know if it's on the bike behind me. It's not, but there's a, a bike radar that is from Garmin. Um, and it's just called their Varia radar. And basically what it does is it will, 
detect traffic. So it's constantly detecting like any sort of fast moving objects behind you. And so it will kind of give you a display right on your either computer or they also have another display that's specific for the radar. I just use my bike computer and it will show you like not only that there's some traffic moving up behind you quickly, but it'll tell you like how many cars are there. So you don't like slide back into traffic after the first car passes and then get hit by the second or third car. Yeah, that's And awesome. so that piece of equipment is like never talked about by Garmin. It's not very popular. It's not talked about by a lot of people. And I'm just like, this thing is gold. And I literally do not leave the house without it when I go biking. And I just want more people to have it because I don't want, you know, I, I'm looking for, hey, how can we keep more people watching my videos? Well, we got to keep these people alive, I guess. <laughs> uh, so every year I do a, a video talking about like stocking stuffer ideas for, you know, the cyclist in your life or whatever. That will always be in there. Here's a spoiler for you. The 2021, you know, Christmas gift list. Like I promise <laughs> that's going to be in there. Like <laughs> hate to spoil it for you, but you should watch it anyway. But yeah, so that's a product for sure. Uh, I should think of something running wise, um, running wise, you know, I will just say like, you know, there's some, some really good, like flip belt kind of things where it's like, Hey, um, just being able to have something really easy like that to just throw your phone in and something like that really easy that works well, I think is a nice thing to have that I tend to use pretty regularly. Um, and then, you know, watches, I'm a very minimalist runner. Like back in the day, i got very fast without even having a watch, right? Like crazy yeah. things. And we didn't have cell phones back then either. <laughs> like, it's just like crazy things can happen when you just go run. Uh, and, and for that, it's just a pair of shoes. So, yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, if I had to pick one item, uh, I would go with the, the handheld water bottle. That would be my choice yep. because I love yeah, the freedom. I don't like the vest. If I'm going on a, anything up to, you know, in 12, 15 miles, I can pull it off with a simple handheld, even in like the heat of July. So that's my go-to. I actually have a video called the first item you should buy as a trail runner. And it's all yeah. about the handheld. Yeah. I, when I was a decent runner back in the day, I had all these ultra runner friends and they were like, once you get used to having the water bottle, like slipped onto your hand, it's like, you feel naked without it. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I can do that. Until but. you until you trip and fall and have the water balloon crash where it just blows up. <laughs> the bottle just explodes <laughs> in your face. It's it, that sounds better than you know catching a whole bunch of gravel. It's on your true. Hand, so. It's true. But it is a spectacular uh, muddy fall when you land in the dirt and it just blows <laughs> up in your face. Uh okay, final question. I th I feel like this is a good one because we both have them. Do you guys still use okay. the nerve insoles? Okay, I'll take take first round on this one. Um, so the nerve insoles didn't really work for me personally. Um, and because I had, and I, I'm the only person that has had issues with this, but like the side of my foot had some irritation with the, um, the piece that slipped on there. And it's only because I have a very pronounced, um, uh, I can't remember the name of the tendon that goes from the heel down, but it's, um, it's something that was slightly irritating and I couldn't quite get it fixed enough. And so what I did was my best friend, who's the physical therapist, who's the pro triathlete physical therapist, who um, who I've had on the channel once or twice, he actually, you know, what I did was like, I was like, hey, use these, you can use these with your patients. It's exactly what you do. You do a lot of these like, you know, 
running uh, fits, running economy kind of examinations and things like that, like this is a perfect tool for you. And I really think Nerve should be looking at physical therapists and saying like, hey, this tool that we have is perfect for what you guys are doing. Uh, you know, the other piece is like, well, you know, a lot of people use different shoes all the time and switching insoles is a pain. Um, but yeah, no, I, I don't use the nerve insoles. Uh, I, when I interview products, I always try to be somewhat positive thinking of like all the engineering and all the people that put a lot of work into these products. But I hope that I made it clear that like that product wasn't something that it was that I would have purchased and that I would suggest people purchase. Um, so I think it's cool. I just don't think it's something that I would use every day. And if you're thinking about making that purchase, I would say you don't, you might not need to have it. It's a kind of nice to have, but maybe not a need to have. Yeah. That was a tough one for me because like you said, I really appreciate, it seemed like the team involved with that product yeah. was very passionate. And I, right. I had a couple of phone calls, uh, Skype calls with them and they were very, just very excited about the potential and the use cases and all that. Um, right. but, but then I dug into it and I was like, you've got the perfect platform here to talk about running power, right? Because you've got load cells under your foot. You could literally, right. you could literally gauge how much pressure is being applied by certain points of your foot and like come up with an algorithm for a really accurate power, like correlation there. Um, so and, those, those, those little individual pressure points, there's like, uh, there's like a dozen on each foot. They don't actually give you power because they're they're not really pressure plates. They're more like sensors of so just like, like contacts, like, right? So you're not going to get like. Um, so what you really need is like you need like a strain gauge, basically. Yeah. Of like so you probably engineering, right? Like you, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you guys did drain gauges or something like that at some point during. I don't know if that's something that you guys use now or whatever, but like that's the correct way to do power measurement. And that is not what's built into these insoles. No, uh, but the however, weird, the weird thing though, is you, you do get like right. your pronation and your, your, uh, how neutral you are and all that information. Yeah. So they're definitely taking some data from those yeah. sensors to come up yes. with that. Right. So the, the interesting thing about that is like, and I had this discussion with them, and they were like, what is missing from our product? And I was like, you, you, you have to do running power. Yeah. And, and I said like, Hey, you know, it doesn't have in, in they, you could see like the disappointment <clears throat> in their face. And it was, it's basically this whole concept. And I've talked about this very early on when I first started making videos on YouTube of, of running power with the stride pod. These are estimations of, of power. They are not strain gauges. They are not real power. They're looking at the accelerometer data and they're estimating power based yep. on math. Right. And <laughs> yeah. it's like, it's, a, it doesn't mean that it's not a good, like it does just because of their estimations or anything. doesn't mean that it's not a value. Like they're great. You can help pace yourself. You can look at like Hills, totally different. They're very valuable. It's valuable information, but it's not real power. It's just like, Hey, we think you're going up a hill. We think you're gonna, you know, roughly this amount of effort, this pace. Okay, we're gonna go with this power. Like yeah. the algorithm figures this about. But they did not. So I talked to Nerve about this, and they were like, you know, we cannot bring ourselves to call something power unless it's really power. Yeah, that's the answer I and got I too. I kind of respect them. 
Yeah, that's the same answer but, I got. They, yeah. they actually outright said, okay. like, how we don't know how Stride is pulling that off. We don't know how, you know, Chorus is pulling that off um, when right. it's not like object, it's not objective information. Real. Yeah. Right. Um, but it's a made up number. Yeah. And but, so, and there, and the problem is running power is a real number and they're calling something else running power and it's not real. Yeah. So they they were not able to get over that hurdle. However, I will say that, you know, the smart thing to do is like, have something that's very similar to power and just kind of name it slightly different running estimated power running, you know, something like that. Like you change the naming a little bit where you're like, Hey, we're still going to give you this valuable information because like you probably look at some, you know, this data either from like a chorus watch or a stride pod. And you're like, this is still really valuable information, but like you just need to get over the naming convention. Right. Yeah. So yeah estimated running power I know. yeah <laughs> i think uh, i have a problem with it in fact i i reviewed the stride pods like very early on probably one of the first videos i did like so we're talking three years almost not three years ago but almost three years ago and i'm just like you don't need this product it's you know and this is just a you know this is just an estimation and i'm pretty sure that stride saw that and did not like that video at all <laughs> but at the same time it's like you know it's not real it's just this made up number or whatever and so I I do have a hard time with it and so I kind of agree with nerve insole on it at the same time you can't just you can't just not do it like at this yeah. point like you're you're yeah. these insoles like you provide data like you just can't skip over this so. I I think when I looked at them my immediate thought was uh these would be great for a running store to have in their shop you know yeah. like yep. where someone they could do a gate analysis and then they could put yep. these insoles in and see how your foot's reacting and like that sort of thing mm -hmm. seems really pretty, pretty valuable. So I would say if they stripped out the GPS chip, because it didn't seem that useful to me, um, and just focused on like the actual like metrics in the sensors and everything and made it a little bit cheaper, I feel like it would become a better right. product overall. I wonder, I, so they are not, so they're using the accelerometer to kind of get dist a more accurate distance than gps but i feel like the gps was coming from the phone or something like that no there's actually a I'd chip. Have to go back there, there's a chip in there there's a gps, there's a GPS chip. chip yeah, yeah so right, it does have to protect gps yeah you but can you like, can start a run right from the thing and leave your phone at home and run and it'll record oh, yeah, right. the the route um but i didn't find it to be like super accurate um in that like i'm not even interested in, like my watch is getting that data I'm really interested in like, what's my foot doing? That's like the job of this thing. Right. Uh, and why I'm yeah, wearing no, that string I Um, I think that some of the distance information was calculated. Like I thought there was multiple ways that it calculated distance in that um, I'd have to go back and look at this, but like that if you were to look at the, you know how foot pods can um, measure distance without using GPS and it kind of ends up being more accurate than GPS. Yeah. Uh, I feel like they were using the same technology, the accelerometer data to, to um, calculate distance. And so it may be that distance is more accurate, but then GPS, that your GPS mapping data was not that accurate. So yeah, I don't know. Probably. All right. We've been on the air for two hours, Matt. So we got to wrap this up. Oh. <laughs> uh, I want to thank you for joining tonight. Uh, if you If you haven't yet, make sure you go check out Matt's channel. I'll have it linked down in this description. Um, thanks for joining Matt. I really appreciate it. It's been a fun conversation tonight. Yeah, absolutely. Give us your final thoughts, put you on the spot. Final thoughts. 
Uh, <laughs> thank you very much for having me on the channel. I mean, obviously, I'm a huge fan. I got all the hats. <laughs> but, uh, you know, um, I'm just glad that I found your channel. I remember um, really, I don't, I don't know, it was like chatting with you on this video. I was like, oh, I have a similar video to you. And then I found you and I was like, oh, wait, you have three boys? Oh, that's crazy. I have three boys. And then it was like, <laughs> oh, you're filming with the Sony a7 III? That's what I use. And it was just like one thing after another. And I was like, wow, I have a lot in common with this <laughs> random guy in New England. Um, you know, and so one of these days, I am very much looking forward to like sitting down in person and, you know, having a beer with you. Yeah, That'd man, definitely. I can't I can't wait for this whole thing to be over so we can finally yep. travel and, you know, I can meet a lot of the people I've met through this platform. It's been a lot of fun. Um, yeah. with that, uh, I want to thank everybody for joining tonight. Uh, it's been a really fun, uh, conversation. The chat was really fun tonight. You guys had some great questions. Uh, make sure you check out Matt's channel. Make sure you hit the uh, like and subscribe down below. If you thought this video was uh, entertaining, if you listened for the past two hours, I'd be impressed. Um, and again, if you're interested in one of the last CTS hats, uh, they're in the link in the description. There's about 19 left. Actually, Hunter just bought one. So I got to ship that out. Thanks Hunter nice. for that. Uh, and with that, uh, we'll see you in the next one. Thanks everybody for joining.